Hi, JJ here with The Art of Value. Welcome. Well, today we're going to look at a rare interview with legendary investor Peter Lynch. He's retired now. He retired some time ago, but it's always interesting to see what he's got to say because he is one of the best of all time. If you don't know who he is, we'll go into that in a minute, but let's just look at the start of the interview. Peter, of course, is the vice chairman of Fidelity Management Research and advisory board member of Fidelity Funds. From 1977 to 1990, he managed the Magellan Fund, growing it from, you ready for this, $20 million dollars to $14 billion in 1990 at the time of his retirement. He ran the Magellan Fund for 13 years, getting a record of 29%, over 29% annualized for that time, compounding, which is an incredible record, one of the best of all time. He retired when he was only 46 in 1990, so he retired young, uh, retired on the top, maybe didn't want his record to go down after that, but he did very well. So let's see what he's got to say about the current situation and see what they ask him. Buy what you know is what Peter taught us. And it's so nice to see you this morning, Peter. Good to be here. So let's talk about buy what you know. I'm so curious these days how you're thinking about the economy. Well, I think people, they're investing in individual stocks. It's, it's sad they're careful when they buy a refrigerator or an airplane flight. Or they're careful about their money. And they'll hear about a stock on the bus and they'll put five or $10,000 on it. They have no idea what they do. So you really got to be careful. So there he said, Peter taught us, buy what you know. And of course, if you've read one of his books, one of Peter Lynch's books, widely read, if you haven't read the books yet, I highly recommend it. I'll mention them in a minute. But first, Peter Lynch goes straight into saying that people buy a refrigerator. They put more research into buying a refrigerator than they do buying stocks. He said that in his books. That's how I know that. So he he's saying that again, repeating that. And so he basically says, if you're putting a few hours, many hours into buying a refrigerator, researching that, why aren't you doing that for stocks? Rather, you just hear a stock tip on the bus and you buy a stock based on that. So many people do that. So he's just saying, do the research, do the work pretty much there. And buy what you know, meaning that uh, there's many things in our lives, that many brands that we use, we know these things. So buy what you know. And Warren Buffett says that too. It's to do with, he puts it as a circle of competence. Stay within your circle of competence. For instance, if we look on our smartphones these days, just on the home screen, the apps that we use, that's a good place to start. We have Google, we have Apple, uh, we have uh, Spotify now, and we have many things. So those are good places to start. These are things, software that we use every day. Perhaps those are good companies to start looking at. And indeed, if you had invested in some of those companies long ago when they first became popular or even before that, uh, you would have done very well over time. So that goes towards buy what you know. That's what he means by that. Look at the company, look at the balance sheet. What is the reason the stock should be higher? The sucker's going up is not a good reason. So again, he talks about the reason that you're buying a stock. Just because it's going up doesn't mean it's a reason to buy it. Look at the balance sheet, look at the financials. And indeed, there are a few things that he has pointed out through his books again that are well known. And I'll put this on screen so we can see it. it says Peter Lynch's investment strategy includes selecting stocks from companies that he is familiar with. So buy what you know. And then evaluating their business models, competitive landscapes, growth potential and more before investing. So if you know the companies, if, if you're familiar with them, it's easier to do. You can see the uh, competitive landscape if, if you're involved or if you know the brands, if you actually own the products and they're in your lives. That's kind of his strategy. So by what you know asserts that investors should invest in companies they're familiar with and understand so they can develop reasonable expectations about the company's growth potential and prospects. 
So again, if you know the company well, say Apple, if you use Apple products, if they're in your lives, if you're in that ecosystem, for instance, you'd have a lot better understanding of the company and its competitors and how Apple works rather than something that you have no idea about, say a mining company or whatever it may be. If you're in the mining industry, perhaps you'd have a better idea. That's the basic idea of what Lynch talks about. Is your sense, though, that the style of investing uh, that you pioneered is still doable and winnable today? Well, I think looking for something different, looking for something that's a good story. I mean, who would have guessed TJX, a local company, would have gone up 50-fold, or Stop and Shop would go up 10-fold, or, or Analog Devices, or NVIDIA. I couldn't pronounce NVIDIA. So you have to find a company that's either a turnaround or a company that's going to grow, like Panera or you know, Family Dollar Stores. I'm not saying that buys now. But that's what's made our, you know, Sears is rolled over. So, you know, so in Kmart's rolled over, IBM slowed down. But we've had new companies come along. I mean, that's the nature. You have to be looking for new companies. So here he was asked if what he did would work today. He said he'd be looking for new companies, new and different and companies that are going to grow simple attributes there to look for so going with the crowd not necessarily the best thing i remember him saying in one of his books about what what to avoid avoid the hottest stock in the hottest industry and that's a lesson from the last few years we've seen people pile into ev stocks too late at the bubble when rivian came out for instance that was kind of the peak and they've all dropped away or uh, neo from china but if you're looking for the hottest stock in the hottest industry doing a bubble that would be just the worst thing to do but these growers over time compounders over time he's really talking about something different it can be a small company but something that you're aware of that some people aren't if you're in that circle of confidence that you're in a certain industry he talked about looking for things that where so if you work in a certain industry that's where to look because you'll know that and it might be something that's different from the crowd not everybody might know about it and you might know about it and you can see the potential there by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube and getting value out of it, I'd really appreciate you hitting that like button to help spread it to more people. Thanks. And look at the balance sheet. If you can add five and five and get reasonably close to 10, you should be able to look at a balance sheet and say, here's two depressed companies. They've gone from 50 to three. One company's got three million in cash and no debt. One's got three million in debt, no cash. Which one are you going to buy? I mean, that's that, not too hard to do. So here he's talking about the importance of looking at the financials, the fundamentals of the company. He talks about the balance sheet. So if two stocks have gone down, and he, he did like buying stocks that have gone down, then but one's in a really good financial position with no debt, and it's obviously got a lot of cash or it's in a good cash position, is going to be a lot better than one that's loaded up with debt and with no cash. I mean, that, he said it's simple, but... These are things that people miss, especially in exuberant times and bubbles where people don't even care. It could be loaded up with debt. As we've seen interest rates go up and the environment changes and get into trouble. So he's kind of keeping it simple here, which is good advice from Peter Lynch, I think. Not investment advice from me, but it sounds like good advice that I would take from Peter Lynch. I just, what do you think of the financial sector right now and what happened? We saw with First Republic and uh, I, I'd just yeah. like to get your insight there since you, you were so good at well, that sector. You know, we had a terrible financial crisis in 99 to 1. I think every, almost every major bank in Texas went under. Bank of New England, one of the oldest banks in the country, went under. It's like, you know, you know in 08, 09, the banks were doing these no-doc loans and second mortgages and home improvement loans and people were buying boats with it. Now the banks are being much more careful. So we've gone through other crises. Some banks will go under. 
you know, 400 went under after 0809. Now we have stress tests. I think the banking system has improved. There'll be some companies going under. That's the, that's the nature of it. Funnily enough, he says much the same as Warren Buffett said. There's a video that I made recently where Warren Buffett in Japan, a recent interview where he said, Banks, some banks go under, some banks will go under, but it's not a reason to kind of freak out and think there's going to be a massive crisis. But back when there was a crisis in 08, 09, banks went under. He said it's just kind of the nature of it, which is what Buffett said as well. They're both saying the same thing. Both of these legendary investors saying the same thing, that sometimes banks go under. So you do have to be careful. Again, if it's not in a circle of competence, it's certainly not in mine, then don't invest in it. But it generally says not to kind of be panicked about it, which is what Buffett said. Buffett and he obviously understand it better than most people. And as I said, it's not in my circle of competence, so I would stay away from this area. No, but it's nothing like, imagine 1980-81, we had double-digit inflation, double-digit unemployment, and people were the Japanese were going to take over the world. I mean, we were hopeless. I mean, you know, there's always something to worry about. I'd really, in my over 50 years of doing this, I, I think I'd be worried if there was, you know, somebody didn't bring up something to worry about. That's well, you, the nature of the business. A, again, another good point and another one that Buffett made as well. I'll link to that Buffett video at the end of this video or end in the description as well. But he says he'd be worried if there was nothing to worry about. There's always something to worry about. He mentioned the 80s when Japan seemed to be doing incredibly well. Real estate was just booming. Stocks were booming in Japan. But then, of course, it was a massive bubble. Japan and everything, stocks and real estate at the same time was a massive bubble. And it, it burst and it hasn't really recovered since then, since 1990 decades. And Buffett's now investing in Japan. So maybe he thinks it's kind of it's taken that long to, to work its way through. Nevertheless, he basically says that there's always something to worry about and you've got to kind of invest through it and not be so worried or panicked that you stay out of the market or sell everything or whatever. Just thinks that there's always something to worry about whenever, anytime. And you had a tailwind. I had a tailwind because of what we did. We're not going to do that again. We're not going to cut taxes. We're not going to uh, stimulate the private sector. We're, we're kind of headed the other way. Did, did you have a tailwind? Is, will we ever have a tailwind again? With this generation? Uh... Well, we've had 13 recessions since World War II, and we've had 13 recoveries. Maybe we're going to have one. If this is a recession, it's probably the most predicted one ever. You know, I never know when we're going to go. I, I'd love to know the future. I'd, I think I'd give, it would help. I'd be a better investor. I'd pay five extra dollars for next year's Wall Street Journal. It would really help. Right. I cannot predict the future, but this one, this recession is so expected, so predicted, Maybe it's coming. I don't know. So again, he gets asked about the current situation, about this recession coming up. What's the situation? Is it going to be a tailwind for investors or is it going to be the opposite, like 10 years of bad news? And he basically implies that not to worry too much about the macro, which again, Warren Buffett says he doesn't invest on the macro. He looks at the companies, the fundamentals, and that's what Lynch is saying here too. He did say that there have been 13 recessions and we've pulled out of 13 recessions since way back. So we'll get through this one to the other side. If there was one and it's been very predicted, it has been highly anticipated, the recession. I mentioned Peter Lynch's widely read books. If you haven't read one of his books yet, I'd highly recommend it, especially One Up on Wall Street. It's perhaps the most popular, widely read. It's uh, an easy read. There's so much in it that 
is remembered by investors, especially growth investors. You could say he's more of a growth investor. Read one of the books, One Up on Wall Street, Beating the Street and Learn to Earn. I'll put referral links down in the description to his books. I'd highly recommend it, especially One Up on Wall Street. If you haven't read any of his books, I'd recommend starting there. Really good read. There's just so much in there for beginner investors and to read over and over again, which I have over the years because there's just so much in there. You kind of get something out of it every time. Earlier I mentioned that interview with Warren Buffett where he says similar things to Peter Lynch and he talks about the banking situation at the moment, the financial situation. I'd highly recommend going to see that. Go, I'll put a link up here if you're watching on YouTube to see that and a link in the description for those on not on YouTube. Thanks for watching and listening and I'll see you next time.